Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch into hour number one of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So do enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. We'll start things out tonight by talking a little bit about the drug war and one of the unintended consequences that doesn't really get covered very often. I mean, on Free Talk Live, we've certainly talked about virtually all of the aspects of the war on drugs and how awful it is and how uh, bad it is that, yes, drug abuse is bad, the drug war is far worse than the drug, uh, than the drug abuse could ever uh, possibly be. So we've been down all those paths. And sometimes we talk about the black market and some of the things that happen because of the black market. And usually the thing that we focus on when we talk about the black market is the fact that it raises prices so dramatically. Usually. And boy, does it. Yes, it does. Uh, in, in fact, if you go and you look at some of the numbers, you'll see that uh, the black market raises prices anywhere as high as three to 5,000% more than they might actually be. Were these products actually available in the marketplace, in a real, legitimate marketplace where anybody can, uh, can jump into the game and compete? So that's the easiest one to pick out is, well, prices will go up. Well, of course, you also know the black market, when it when prices go up, means that uh, the people that are going to sell the drugs are more likely to be, well, a little more criminally minded, let's say. A little more likely to solve their problems with violence, perhaps. They're not your average uh, drugstore pharmacist, that's for sure. Right. Uh, customer service isn't exactly a high priority on many of their lists. And so there are certain ways that this manifests itself in the world of the black market. Many cases you'll find, well, they might be a little dishonest with you. So, like your black market drug dealer could sell oregano instead of marijuana. That's been known to happen. Now, of course, anybody who's buying oregano as marijuana probably has never bought marijuana before. So, there's only so much you can really do with that one. Um, and they could also, I mean, probably one of the more frequently seen things, at least on the consumer level, is. You know, just kind of pinching the bag. If we're just talking about marijuana, I mean, there are plenty of other drugs to talk about, but if we're just talking about marijuana, a sort of lower-level street sort of drug dealer may just decide to pinch out a uh, bud or two for himself and then sell the bag as though it's a fully-weighted um, quarter-ounce marijuana. Pinch enough bags and you have a brand-new bag. and you know, yeah. make If, a if few you more sell bags. seven bags and you pinch a gram out of each bag, then you've got yourself your own quarter bag and you didn't have to pay for it. Um, so that's just one of the sneakier things that uh, that will go on. And, of course, for many people who don't have a a good connection, they just have to deal with it. You know, they may take it home and throw it on a scale and find out they got ripped off. But if that's the only dealer they know in the black market, then that's it. What are they going to do? In fact, I'm reminded of a really just heart-wrenching story from this uh, brilliant marijuana documentary that Julia and I saw recently uh, on Showtime. Where they they um it's called in pot we trust by the way I okay. highly recommend it, but they were interviewing some medical marijuana people. Mm-hmm. Now they had medical marijuana people in patients, Cal- right? Well, now you call them patients, but you can only really call them patients in places where they have medical marijuana. Okay, in the rest of the country, they're criminals, right? They're breaking the law. So in California and the the other states like Rhode Island just recently passed medical marijuana. So they, this makes it the fourteenth state. 13th or 14th, one or the other. Um, anyway, in the states where there are medical marijuana programs, 
then it's no problem. I mean, finding a marijuana smoker who's willing to talk to you on camera and talk about their experiences and, you know, show you the ropes, no problem. So they had those people, and you got to see what happened with them and, you know, what the process was like to go to the dispensaries and all that. And that's cool. And it's really neat what they've got going on in, in those states for those people because, you know, they're actually the sick people are finally getting the help that they need. So that's great. But what about people in the other 40-something states or the 30-something states? What about the, uh, the rest of America? What about all the other people that have medical problems, multiple sclerosis, glaucoma, AIDS, cancer? What about those people? What do they do? Well, they buy their marijuana on the black market, of One course. One guess. And the just the heart-wrenching story... Or they I'm, suffer, one of the two. Right. The heart-wrenching story I'm referring to is a woman who um, lived in Kansas, or lives in the Kansas City area. And she has a problem, and I don't remember what, it, uh, what the disease is. It's something that affects her. Um, she has a severe stutter. And I'd have to go back and, and actually look it up, but... The, the, her problem is so bad. I mean, it's not like any stutter you've ever heard. And they had it, you know, they have an interview with her where she's struggling and f- very frustrated just to get out a few words. I mean, putting her behind a microphone on this show, we'd never get through the first minute of the program because it, it's it was really just that bad. And so then we follow her through a process where she is trying to score some marijuana because, well, it's not California, it's not Rhode Island. It's Kansas City. It's not legal for medical purposes, and so therefore she's just like anybody else buying it in the black market. She has to hit the streets. Now, some people have good connections, and they can just place a phone call. Cerebral palsy is what she had. Thank you. And a delivery man will show up and, you know, take care of you. This woman didn't have those connections. She's a uh, she's a mother. She's got, like, three kids, and she's busy enough uh, with her day just working to support her kids and support her life. So this is not something that she'd ever really... She never really developed good connections or anything like that. And so, literally, she has to hit the streets. She has to... You know, she's got one guy that she can go to who she does end up going with this guy because she just doesn't know anybody else. Sometimes he's not available. So sometimes she has to go to a bad section of town and drive around and talk to people. Mm. And that's not a safe thing to do. No. Um, and so she does end up meeting with the guy. He's a you know sort of the shifty looking character. Obviously they blurred his face out for the show, but he's just your kind of stereotypical looking dealer. And when she's driving away, the guy with the camera asks her how much she bought. And so she went into Kansas City from out of town. It's a fairly long drive for her. So she's an out of towner going at home. Oh that's correct. That's terrible. She went into she drives into Kansas City putting her life and livelihood on the line. She's driving around looking for marijuana. She gets pulled over with marijuana. She's going to jail and she's got three kids likely, at home. Likely her car will be uh, t- uh seized and in asset forfeiture too. Sure. And she's doing all of this because the marijuana really helps her. It's not because she's an addict. It's not because she wants to get high. It's because when she took this marijuana home, by the way, the amount she bought from this dealer was less than an eighth. A very, very small amount. Like, not even enough, barely even enough for a one joint. Hmm. Which means that she'll be coming back to him in another two days when she's finally done nursing on that joint. 
she'll be coming back for more. And so he's one of those guys who knows that he's got a good customer that uh, that she's just going to keep coming back to him. So he's got no interest in selling her a you know an ounce or something like that that'll hold her off for several weeks. So he sells her just a little bit at a time, just enough to keep getting her coming back. It's a long drive for that. As soon as she gets another dealer, he's done. But he knows she doesn't have another dealer, and so while that lasts, he's going to take advantage of her. He's taking he's taking advantage of a sick woman. Now you said that this woman um, was you, you, that you saw her on camera with the stutter. Yes. Tell me about what happened when she uh, smoked the marijuana. I saw her smoke the marijuana, and within two hits. The stutter was virtually eliminated. It was amazing. No chance that this was any kind of trick this on the television? No this is no trick. The uh, The people behind this show, this is a legitimate program created by the Showtime channel. Uh, Star Price is the director. He directed a number of Penn & Teller BS episodes. I presume it's a he. Star. Who knows? Uh, and uh, One of them California names. Right. This woman really had, you know, she really had a problem. You could not have faked this stutter. She was so frustrated. You could you could tell that this was for real, that this was a real stutter. She's very frustrated by having it. She just wishes it would go away. And marijuana helped it go away. It really did. She was able to communicate so much better after she'd just taken two hits. She didn't need more. She's not trying to get high. She just wants to adjust her situation. She wants to treat herself. And this works better than any medication she's ever taken for the problem. But she has to hit the streets in Kansas City and cross her fingers and risk jail just to get the medicine she needs. That's what we're dealing with. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about black market people and some of the terrible things they will do. We'll give you another example coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them all away. There's archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, perhaps you're one of our Saturday-only radio listeners because your local station doesn't carry us during the week, you've missed five days of this program just this week alone. In fact, not only do we have the last five days... We've got the last year of shows right there on the front page of our website for your downloading convenience. Just go and get them for free on us. That's uh, freetalklive.com. Do you have questions about the liquidity crisis, the China option, and the Fed chairman's unenviable choice between hyperinflation or deflationary implosion followed by, well, more hyperinflation? Visit d2z.org or contact Troy at d2z. Dot org. Now, uh, when we started the show, I was giving an example or a couple of examples of what the black market can do to a product. Whenever a product or service is prohibited by the government, whether it be drugs or gambling or prostitution, you fill in the blank, uh, inevitably gang members take control of it. Criminals take control of it. The underground takes control. The black market becomes the exclusive distributor of said product or service. And in the world of drugs, that translates to mean several things. It means, of course, that you know the people that are doing business, that are uh, dealing the drugs, are more likely to be untrustworthy. They're more likely to be unreliable. You, if you uh, have ever been in the world of drugs and you've ever had to get drugs from, or you've ever been looking for drugs from the black market dealers, sometimes they just don't have them. You know, because most of the black market dealers aren't really serious businessmen. They're just 
addicts who, at least the street-level ones, they're just addicts who want to support their habits. So they go and they buy enough drugs and sell enough drugs so they can have their own drugs to do and not have to pay for them. And they don't care if they if they run out. Or they did them all themselves and they're gone and they're all gone. Right. So, you know, you can get ripped off. There's a lot of scams that go on. There's just dishonesty. You could get you could have your money stolen from you, for instance. Uh, you could give somebody who has done deals with you honestly before. You could give them money thinking that, well, yeah, they've been trustworthy before. Here, I'll give you this money. You say you're going to come back with a you know, bag of drugs. Okay, great. And then they never come back. That kind of thing. Let alone getting robbed or getting beaten and robbed. That sort of thing. Those things go on, too. Yes, they so, do. The story that we have is from McCall.com, the morning call, uh, reporting that this is an unbelievable story, but it's apparently true. Apparently, a head of broccoli proved costly this week for two local men. One lost $500. The other lost his freedom in a Lansdale drug deal that a police officer said might just be a first. Christopher Kratz, who's 20, uh, was arrested this week after selling Matthew Dietrich, 21, uh, a $500 bag of the green vegetable he was trying to pass off as marijuana, according broccoli? to Lansdale Police. Yes, broccoli. Well, it doesn't look anything like marijuana. That's what, immediately what I thought. I thought, what in the world? How could this person... Was it a dark bag? <laughs> how could this person have paid $500 for a bag of broccoli and actually thought he was buying marijuana? And then I got the rest of the story. Dietrich, who police say dialed 911 to alert them to the drug deal gone bad. Not such a great idea, by no, the way. No, bad idea. We'll find out what happened to him here in a moment. Also faces charges after he allegedly made up a story about being roughed up and robbed behind a Walgreens pharmacy. Lensdale Police Sergeant Robert McDyer said it's bizarre, isn't it? You'd think that he would just say, I can't believe I'm that stupid, and leave. Kratz apparently didn't have any marijuana to sell, police said, so he took some produce and wrapped it up in three or four bags. McDyer said it's not like he even made an effort to hide or disguise it. Lansdale police have dealt with cases in which dealers tried to pass off oregano as marijuana, but he said never broccoli, which is currently going for $3.49 per pound at a Lansdale-area grocery. It's quite a markup. Yeah, the broccoli uh, blow-up happened shortly before 9 p.m. Monday when Dietrich was looking to score a pound of marijuana from Krantz. He should have known um, that based on the price, it probably wasn't going to be a pound. I've never heard of any marijuana being sold that cheap. I mean, maybe... Maybe the the brickiest, cheapest dirt weed kind of marijuana might be sold that cheap, but that would have to be sold in quantity in order to break down that cheap. Afraid I don't know. Anyway, uh, and this is another point. The men met behind Walgreens shortly before 9 p.m., which means it was dark out. Dietrich handed over $500 and got a bag of what he thought was marijuana from Krantz. So this is one of those situations where they've probably done deals in the past, and this time, the uh, dealer just decided to flush the relationship, decided that, yeah, screw all the long-term benefits I've gotten from having this customer in the past. I'm going to screw him over and take his cash and, you know, never see him again. And that's how uh, that's how a lot of this stuff goes down. Uh, and so he just threw a head of broccoli into a, you know, brown paper bag or something like that, handed off the broccoli, took the cash, and skedaddled. And then this guy was stuck with uh, <laughs> a head of broccoli. This is the stuff that happens in the, the world of the black market. Crazy. 
Uh, Dietrich soon realized he just bought a bag of produce. Angered he'd been fooled, Dietrich called 911, claiming he'd just been robbed, and gave police a description of the car that Kratz was using. Police pulled over Kratz, and Dietrich identified him. On the ride to the station, Kratz told the police there was no robbery, and explained what really happened, court records say. McDyer said Dietrich later admitted he'd filed, uh, filed a false report. Kratz, who was on probation before his arrest, was charged with selling a non-controlled substance and representing it as a controlled substance. He was taken to, uh, to prison after failing to post his $5,000 bail. It wasn't immediately clear why he had been on probation. And Dietrich, the kid that actually called the cops after the botched marijuana deal, has uh, been charged with criminal contempt, unsworn falsification, and disorderly conduct. So he thought... He must have thought he was doing the right thing, right? Hey, I got ripped off. And, you know, in the marketplace, uh, you would actually have some action you could take. Of course, in the marketplace, you'd be buying your marijuana from a legitimate storefront, and you could just simply walk back in and say, hey, what's all this about? Of course, they would never sell you broccoli in the first place because that would be retarded. You don't do those things in a legitimate marketplace. You, you're, you're being, you're, you would sell your marijuana in a store with lights on, and your customers would be able to inspect the product before they buy it. But when you have a black market, pr- deals are done in the underground. They're done in the backs of Walgreens. They're done in parking lots. They're done quickly. And as a result, things like this happen. This kid's lucky he didn't get beaten and have his money stolen from him. He should have felt good after this was uh, all said and done. He should have said, boy, next time I'll be more careful, I won't be so desperate, and I'll check my product before I hand over $500 cash. But instead, he presumed he was going to get an okay deal, he trusted his dealer, and he got screwed. And then he called the cops and got screwed even harder. Mm. So the moral of the story is, A, the black market sucks. We need to take drugs out of the black market so people can actually be safe. When they're purchasing, I mean, it's, it's dangerous enough that the drugs are actually made more uh, volatile and dangerous. And I'm not talking about marijuana. I'm talking about other drugs like cocaine and heroin. Uh, they're made more dangerous by the black market because there's no quality control to speak of. Who knows what sort of a, a dangerous batch of heroin you're going to get your hands on? There's no, uh, you know, one batch of heroin could be ten times stronger than the last batch. I'd say that's true with marijuana too. Um, yeah, but you're not going to die. From it. No, n- not from an overdose, but you could very, it could very well have some really dangerous pesticides on it that weren't washed off properly or something like that. That's possible. Would likely not happen, and uh, if yeah. it were legal, like it is in Amsterdam, it, that's certainly possible. So you know, it, it just makes things more dangerous across the board for the end users, for the dealers, and for everybody. Can't we just help people be safe? and, you know, re-legalize drugs, put it back into the hands of honest, legitimate businessmen in America? Why is that such a crazy idea? 800-259-9231. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's completely sensible. Do you have a black market hell story? This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Uh, the question still stands. Have you ever been ripped off in the black market? What's your story? We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you were uh, just doing a small-level street deal and you got screwed. Maybe you were a big-time dealer and uh, you got screwed. We'd love to hear the story. How is the black market? How was the black market awful to you? Maybe you didn't get ripped off. Maybe something just 
just lame or terrible happened, uh, do share your story because the black market is a terrible thing and bad things happen and people shouldn't be subject to it. We should have uh, we should have legal markets in all products and services in America. America is supposed to be the land of the free. If you don't like what someone's selling, don't buy from them. Simple. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site, we give them away, including including the bulletin board system. Over a quarter of a million posts. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed. And it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Now, we've got some calls rolling in. We're going to go to those here in a moment. But, uh, Mark, I know we we also mentioned 911 in our last story about a guy that got ripped off by his drug dealer. He was sold a head of broccoli instead of a pound of marijuana. Mm. (laughs) And then he called the cops afterwards to let him know he'd been ripped off. How uh, silly! Just a, just a few quick tips for anybody out there doing uh, just doing some some uh, some drug deals. Okay, here you go. Um, first of all, don't call the cops. It doesn't matter if you get ripped off. You're gonna just you're just going to end up getting charged with something, and your life is going to be worse off than it was, even though you've already lost your money. If you lose your money, that's one thing. If you lose your money and your freedom, that's a whole other thing. Don't call the cops. Uh, secondly, be careful. Don't let the money leave your hands before you actually have the product in your hands. Until there's actually don't tell don't let the dealer tell you he's going to go get it. Oh, I'll I'll be right back. Just give me your couple hundred bucks and trust me. Well, I I would my advice would be just don't do it entirely um but unless Mark, you have somebody that uh, that you truly truly trust. This is the world of drugs, Mark. I mean, there are people that want to get drugs. You know that, and I know that. I understand. People in America want to buy drugs, and so they're going to do what they're going to do. So I'm just trying to give them a few tips to help keep their money in their pocket and stay safe. Okay? You want to hopefully, yeah, obviously, if you have a trustworthy dealer, then great. A lot of people don't. So make sure that they show you the product before you give them the money. Otherwise, no deal. Just tell them no and, you know, hold out. Take your business elsewhere. They'll probably call you back, and you know they probably want your business bad enough in order to to actually go through jump through the hoops. If they don't want your business that bad, then they might have been ready to rip you off. So don't let your money leave your hands until you see the drugs. Secondly, don't hesitate to uh, to check their claims. You know, if your dealer has, uh, if you suspect that you've been sort of pinched, as we talked about before, when a dealer actually just snags some of the marijuana for himself or some of the cocaine for himself or whatever it is that you're buying, and uh, therefore he tells you, yeah, you're buying a quarter ounce. Well, turns out it's not actually a quarter ounce. Turns out it's, you know, five out of seven grams instead of seven out of seven. Uh, the one way you can check that is to bring a scale along. Go to your local head shop or eBay. eBay is the best. You can get great deals. And buy yourself a little, uh, you know, a little jeweler scale. Bring that sucker along with you and just toss the bag on there before you buy it. Keep your dealer honest. That's uh, just a couple quick tips for you. If you've got a uh, story from when you were in the black market and uh, some of the things that happened to you, 800-259-9231. Let's go to Doug in Minnesota. You can bring up anything on Free Talk Live. Doug, what's on your mind? Hey, I don't have a black market story, but right. well, maybe I do. My cousin was a suburbanite teenager and a very successful marijuana dealer. 
in uh, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Well off family, but you know, made a lot of money. He tells me the story of how you know he kept on getting bigger and bigger deals. Ended up in uh, Manhattan one day to meet one guy in an alley. There were five guys in the alley. Oh boy. So, being a track star, he escaped with his life just narrowly. So I'm not sure how the deal's there. But that's well, that is one of those stories. I mean, it's just yeah. you know the higher up people, some people don't, the higher up people go, the more likely violence is going to be involved. And yeah. uh, you know, marijuana, the marijuana world seems pretty innocuous, but again, when you start dealing with with uh, situations like that, uh, wow, you talk about scary stuff. Yeah, it, it does. And he's a great, great person now. He's you know successful and and. and "Quote unquote legitimate down in another tropical country." Very good. Um, the reason I'm calling, um, I'm considering most likely will be getting married uh, to my current girlfriend. Oh, Congratulations! That's nice. Thank you, thank you. And we are both considering our. You know, I'm a I'm a free state member, and I told her, "Hey, this is the deal." She's on board. Excellent. Sweet. Um, is, she, is she now a free state project member? She's not. Well, just have uh, her sign up. Well, all you need to do yeah. is have her go to freestateproject.org and sign the statement of intent, and uh, that would be just super. Yep. Of course, well, for all yeah. of our listeners, uh, the Free State Project is a, a project uh, involving getting 20,000 liberty-oriented people to move to one state. In this case, New Hampshire was chosen. And uh, so far, the count, I think, is around 7,800 signers. 7,800 people have pledged to, at some point in the future, move their lives to New Hampshire. And liberty-oriented really just means... People for smaller government. Smaller government, yeah. Or, like me, people for no government. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, uh, sir. Well, I'm interested, and we're both interested, in not pledging and getting married by the authority vested in the state of Minnesota, uh-huh. or uh. any other state for that matter. And I know there are free market uh, pledges, and I have no problem making a public statement about my love and my intent. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm even okay with writing a contract, and that sounds so unromantic, but it's the other part of a of a, of a wedding is the contract. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not romantic, but you better believe that that's what you're getting into when you get that marriage license, except it's three parties. It's you, her, and the government. Exactly. So I want to just have it with me and her and then get a certificate from the church or whoever does the officiating mm-hmm. and then have a, a contract that we maybe even, you know, uh, uh, a file somewhere with a government office, maybe, or with a third party or someone where we can, you know, show our intent. Maybe a lawyer something or happen. something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, just something like that. Maybe a notary. I, I would think yeah. that um, yeah. really when it comes to getting married, you know, marriage is a, uh, a public display of your commitment to each other, and that's what you would do at the church. Um, I'm sure that no pastor would have any problem giving you a, a marriage without a government marriage certificate, but maybe there's some out there. I don't oh, know. there's a few. And I, it doesn't. I, I don't think you need to file your contract anywhere as long as um, the the two of you have uh, copies of this this contract. Well, having a witness, right. uh, you know, somebody witness the uh, the thing might be important as well. And uh, he's just yeah, trying to cover his having butt. family and friends and do the whole shindig or smaller shindig since we're older. Right. What I want to know is, I want to ask your audience, perhaps, if anyone out there knows of a contract that I, a boilerplate that I can spell out. That I can use and we can alter to fit our personalities and our lives and our lifestyles. Um, maybe they could call in and let me know, or 
That's a fine idea. In fact, yeah, I was going to suggest that uh, if you utilize the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com and post a message there, that's probably the way you're going to get the most responses. Um, Maybe I'll have to do that. I highly recommend that. And this is great. Now, have you actually announced this concept to any family members yet? Because that's usually where you're going to encounter the resistance. You're going to encounter the people saying, what do you mean you don't want a marriage license? And they won't think that it's a real marriage and so on and so forth. Yeah, they'll call it illegitimate. Um, I my my side of the family knows my uh, political bent, and most of them share my views. Mm. But and uh, her side of the family, pretty bohemian themselves, and probably have no problems with it. Okay, uh, which is cool. But the fact that we want to have a contract, and I think Mark, your idea there was to just a notary may be all it takes. Um, then you know, that sort of adds some legitimacy, I think, and a, a promise that can be upheld by laws, mm-hmm. uh, although not. Like courts, not marriage law, contract law. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right, free market contract laws, just obvious laws. I think it's a brilliant idea, and I wish you the best of luck, and let us know how it goes, okay? Let us know if you find that boilerplate. Let us know how uh, the the family members actually do respond and how, you know, if you actually go through with it. I think it's awesome, and I wish wish more people would would have the courage to do what you're doing. Right. I don't see any reason the government needs to be involved in anybody's marriage. It's ludicrous. Doug, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231. Mark's on the line with a black market story. We'll take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free if you like the show. Then we ask that you go and become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. It'll cost you all of three bucks a month, and it's totally voluntary. We give all the features away on our website, so it's above and beyond all that. It's if you like Free Talk Live and you want to help get our show on more radio stations across the country, because AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in the three bucks a month. We make it easy. It's PayPal, any major credit card, automatically deducted. You don't have to think about it once you sign up. That money comes in, and we turn it around into promoting the show. We buy industry advertisements. We go to conventions, uh, talk radio conventions, that sort of thing. And there's a whole list of the things that we're doing with the money there. So you can, you know, vet us and audit us and all that. And I think you'll be, I think you'll be pretty pleased with how we're spending the money. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com. At least uh, the hundreds of our listeners that have decided to sign up so far, they've been pretty pleased. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too. Like access to the AMP-only call-in line, uh, AMP-only chat room and forum, and more. All the details. AMP.freetalklive.com. Well, let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Mark in Florida. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I was calling in to talk about a story I had with a marijuana dealer. Okay, sure. They have this trick where they'll buy maybe a half ounce of some stuff and then put an orange peel in it overnight. Mm. Yep. So then it soaks up the, a little bit of flavor and the moisture, too. So yes. it weighs more, and they don't have to sell as much. Yep, you're right about that. It's a way to uh, really stretch their purchase. They could, uh, And if they do that on a quantity level, like if they buy a pound of marijuana or something like that, they can, you know, they can get a few extra baggies out of that. Uh, it still looks like the regular marijuana, and it weighs correctly. It's just that it's got a little bit more moisture in it, which, of course, means that uh, it's a little bit harder to light sometimes. If it's a little too moist, it may not be, uh, you may not be able to actually light it. 
And uh, also, it means that it might go to mold faster, depending on how you store the marijuana. A lot of people don't know to put it in their freezer. That's probably the best way to keep it for a long time. Uh, but if you if you've got moist marijuana and it's just sitting out, it could you could go and open up the bag and find mold spores everywhere. And you want to talk about dangerous. Marijuana can actually be dangerous if you've got mold on it because you don't know. I mean, there's so many different types of mold. Um, not a wise idea to smoke moldy pot. So that's uh, that's a great point. So that that has happened to you. Yeah, it happened. Sorry to hear about that. Thanks for the story, man. Anything else? Just tell Julia if she wants plain jeans, go to Express Jeans. Thanks for the recommendation, and thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231. So actually, when he was talking about that, I was thinking, yeah, that was one of the things I'd forgotten to mention, because I gave a few tips, like black market drug buying tips. Um, Always... Not only should you look at the marijuana that you're purchasing, you should touch it as well. There was one time, Mark, where a friend of mine and I were looking into acquiring a little bit of marijuana, like some higher-grade marijuana. And if they're using this orange peel trick that he's talking about on you know cheaper stuff like mid-grade marijuana, it's not such a big deal because you're not spending a lot of money on that. But the more expensive the uh, the purchase is, the bigger deal the orange peel is. It becomes more and more critical. And so I touched a a batch of marijuana once. You could squeeze water out of it. Mm. It was so wet. Mm. I don't think they used an orange peel in that one. I think they literally took the the marijuana buds, laid them out, took a sprayer, little spray bottle thing, and I think they literally soaked this marijuana down with with water. I Mm. mean, it's just the most desperate, awful thing you can do to somebody. And for someone that is not fastidious enough, someone that's not checking the the quality, they'll get ripped off. So you you were uh, involved with somebody you didn't know here? It's been so long. I don't remember what the circumstance was. All I remember is the ripoff. So yeah. there you well, go. Well, there's the advice is don't get involved with anybody you don't know. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Uh, continuing here, let's talk to Sean in Connecticut. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Wanted to share my uh, MedPod experience with you. Okay, great. I'm a former resident of California, and I signed up for the program there. It was real easy. One doctor, 150 bucks, quick physical, medical history, and it gave me access to all the dispensaries. Now, now what, that, what was it for? Um, multiple um, orthopedic problems. I see. Back, neck, um, pain. History of accidents. Uh, chronic pain, which is major- what most people get it for in California. Mm-hmm simple process and it opened up all the dispensaries to me now unfortunately i lived in southern california and at the time all the dispensaries were in northern california Hmm. so we'd have to make runs up there but uh it was safe out in the open and uh, there was even a sheriff's deputy who stood outside of the dispensaries to make sure it was a safe process Hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're driving up the state in california as long as you have your card your marijuana medical marijuana card uh if you if you get pulled over they can't take your pot anymore no, I enjoyed my rights. You can buy clone plants and leave them out in plain view. And I, wow. I was caught twice with marijuana in the car. Yeah. You show your card, the officers know the law, you go your merry way. Now, um, now, obviously in California with the medical marijuana laws the way they are, some people are going to feign illnesses. Now, I absolutely, totally believe that there are some people that, that uh, marijuana helps in their illnesses, and, and the st- stories on the Internet are rife. Uh, there's all kinds of proof that this I've is the case. I've met in person. I've met people in person. It's, it's but totally for real. There are obviously some people that are feigning illnesses. Do you I, take a wild, crazy poke at how what the what do you think the percentages are? Um, I think I've got a pretty good feel for it, guys. Um, I don't want to hurt my own cause, but it, as far as far as feigning uh, illnesses, 
you can virtually go into the dock and say just about anything and get a prescription or a medical recommendation, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. Yeah. If one if one enjoys smoking pot now, one can go to the right doctor, which there's a whole list of them now, and it's pretty well known. Everybody has a problem that marijuana helps. My friend had a stress problem. Don't we all? <laughs> he worked a lot. He went into the dock. Um, he had to visit a psychiatrist once to get a medical history, and that's satisfactory under California law. Yeah. You, you know, I, 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 this is the reason that I think that medical marijuana is fine, and I'm for it in all these states, but I just think we should legalize it. I see no reason at all. Re-legalize. So, yeah. yeah, re-legalize it, because it was certainly um, at the beginning of the 20th century, it was legal and um, legal uh, everywhere before has, that. Has the sky fallen in California as a result of people being able to buy marijuana from a storefront? Um, no, but there's great competition now. Just like the free market, your choices are better. Yep. Um, a whole array of different products containing the cannabis. Oh, it's fantastic. But I moved to Connecticut now, which is where I'm driving right now. And, mm. well, it hasn't changed my status. I still use it, but um, the quality is lower here. The price is increased. And, you know, you've got that fear factor. Mm. It's, it's, so there's no medical marijuana in, can- uh, in Connecticut, huh? The state legislature passed it to our good governor, Jody Rell, and she deemed it bad for children or something, Ooh. which has, has nothing to do with me. It hasn't prevented me from gaining the marijuana that I enjoy. What a shame. I wonder if beer is bad for children. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm Sean, sure. any other stories for us? No. Thanks. But, um, medical marijuana, it works. It's proven. California's great. And uh, let's get it all done up here in New England, guys. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate uh, the call. And uh, good luck uh, continuing to score on the black market and hope you don't get ripped off. 800-259-9231 to the amp line. Johnson, also in Connecticut. Johnson, here on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey, I've got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the contest, uh, but I also want to talk about something that relates to marijuana in a, in a sort of a roundabout way. Why don't you get the um, contest out of the way, get the uh, business taken care of here? Okay, well, um, the, uh, we have a winner, and the winner is, his name is, I believe it's I'm Bob. It could be M. Bob, but there's no apostrophes in, in screen name, so I think it's I'm Bob. Um, and he won across both weeks. Um, Does that and- mean he gets two T-shirts? Well, I, he can either do the two T-shirts or he can do um, – we can extend the, it to be any apparel item so that if he wants uh, you know, a sweatshirt, a more expensive item, uh, we can do that for him. Right, so he gets so, to go uh, to store.freetalklive.com and select from pretty much any apparel item that you have there um, right. as a result of uh, being the winner of the dig.freetalklive.com contest. And even though the contest, at least one of them, is over, you can still go and dig Free Talk Live at dig.freetalklive.com. I, I did say that I did want to explain to people um, what I did is as opposed to taking the maximum number of digs on, on any particular uh, you know, comment, what I did is I added up so that people who were participating more, uh, their numbers went up more because they were making more comments over time. You know, and, and I sort of added all the pluses and negative digs over the course of the two weeks, and I'm Bob was the clear winner. His comments weren't being dug down. And I do know that some people were, uh, you know, some people were definitely digging each other people's comments down, but uh, he was the clear winner. He was right up there uh, with, you know, my amount of digs as well. So. Great. Um, so people can continue to participate in, uh, you've got an ongoing contest, is that right? Right. There's going to be an ongoing contest, and the first person who can get to 25 digs on a comment and hold it there, it's going to be a very difficult feat, uh, but the first person who can do that uh, will win a T-shirt. I mean, we did So that would be one- for the commenter. The commenter will win the T-shirt. Right. Okay, yeah, so what you need to do, if you have Internet access, is go to dig.freetalklive.com, 
click on a show that you've listened to, and leave a comment there. And if you if it gets to 25 digs, which means 25 people went and clicked on the dig button for your comment, then you will win a T-shirt from the Free Talk Live store. I know you wanted to talk about marijuana, so hang on. 800-259-9231. Free T-shirts, Mark. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. They're nice ones, too. Um, just for leaving a comment about our show. doesn't even have to be positive. Although we would hope it would be. Hour number two is on the way. Dig.freetalklive.com if you want to take part in the contest. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. And you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number two, the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us as we roll right back into the phone calls to Johnson in Connecticut. Uh, You're back on Free Talk Live, Johnson. Hey, hey. So um, what I wanted to talk about is roundabout about marijuana in that um, I know somebody, a good friend of mine, (coughs) who got a uh, warning recently about uh, torrenting the show Weeds. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Apparently, Lionsgate Films is uh, threatening lawsuits on anyone who is uh, downloading Weeds. What a shame. Yeah. So it seems uh, a little interesting, you know, that... The content of the show is so different from their actual ideas and policies for how they're going to handle their distribution of content. I, I think that's unfortunate. Of course, you're talking about the brilliant Showtime comedy drama uh, called Weeds. It's been but on. I now wouldn't recommend people going out and getting and watching because. Well, you know, it's one thing to say that the distributor is going after people. That doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, the director or the the cast or everybody agrees with I'm them. I'm sure they have a say. <laughs> I'm sure that those people have a say. If they didn't want that to happen. They could absolutely do, try and do something about it. I, I don't know, but they might not even be aware that it's happening, though, Johnson. I mean, they get paid to come in and act, not to necessarily follow the business end of things. Well, so. hopefully some of our listeners can help make them aware. <laughs> uh, that would be fine. I still think it's a redeeming program. I think it's uh, it's probably one of the most uh, amusing and true-to-life shows on television today. Um, but I think it's unfortunate that they're doing this. You're saying that the people that are downloading the episodes online, they're getting cease and desist, uh, cease and desist letters, or they're getting actual threats like, we're going to take you to court? Uh, if, if, yeah, it's cease and desist. If you don't cease and desist, we're going to take you to court. That's essentially what a cease and desist letter is, is right. uh, a threat to take you into court if you don't cease and desist. Well, I mean, at least they're sending out a and d instead of actually trying to uh, to sue people. So that's that's an, it's an interim step. It's still not great. I mean, right. I, I guess they just don't understand the fact that putting the program out over the Internet is going to get them more DVD sales in the long run. Yeah, and um, that's what I really don't get is how can they not understand that? I How personally, they, I, you know, go, yeah, I mean, I personally have downloaded episodes of Weeds, and I've watched them on my computer, and then I make a point every single time the DVD comes out, because you have to wait through the entire season, and then several more months after that, um, until the DVD actually comes out, I make a point of buying the DVD every single time. Why? Well, I don't have cable, and I'm not going to go and buy cable simply so I can have one channel 
to watch one show. Right. I'm you not interested in cable. cable. You would have to go out and buy cable and then buy Showtime. Right. You know, which is, uh, you know, it's hugely expensive because these cable companies still refuse. They still refuse to offer a la carte packages. And it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I know for a fact that I will not get cable ever again in my life until they start offering a la carte packages where I can just select maybe 10 channels. I don't yeah. think I need more than 10 channels. I'd probably get Showtime, HBO, and, and just the normal, uh, you know, where all the popular shows are, stuff like Heroes. Right. And, you know, I'd get those, like, basic channels, and that's it. I don't want a travel channel or a weather channel. I don't care, you know, and I don't need that huge package, and I don't right. understand why they still try to cram that stuff down people's throats. Well, they, the reason why they do that is because, you know, some channels are more popular than others, and they understand that, uh, you know, it may not be economically feasible for them to offer certain channels if uh, they just offer them on an a la carte basis, and so therefore they wouldn't have as many channels to offer because certain they wouldn't be able to cover the costs or whatever it is that they, that they incur by having so many channels. So they use the popularity of, like, an ESPN to subsidize uh, you know, one of the less popular channels and that sort of thing. And then there's also the competitive factor well, in that yeah. they don't have much competition, and so therefore there's not really an incentive for them to innovate in that way. Well, let me ask you this, and, you know, as far as speculation goes, what do you think would happen if we started, if we eliminated this little bit of force and we allowed all cart packaging to go, go, you know, to take effect? Obviously, you know, we, there is going to be uh, probably a curtailing of content because some shows – just aren't going to be popular enough. You know, some channels don't have enough stuff to even be offered. Mm-hmm. So what would happen? You know, what, what do you, I mean, what would be the solution? What would be the, in, in sort of a libertarian television world, uh, what, what sort of uh, solutions do you think would arise? I mean, well, obviously... I, I think the channels would be worth um, what they were worth. For instance, it would be significantly cheaper to get channels like HBO and Showtime that are enormously popular because people would want them. And then, um, what is it, Mystery Science Theater 3000, 1000, 1000? That's uh, a show. I don't think uh, they have their own channel. What's the sci-fi channel is the one okay. that comes on. Um, that would probably be more expensive because fewer people would want it, but the people that I don't want... know about that. The sci-fi channel is one of the channels that I would want. I mean, you I would want it. You would want it. You want it because you're a geek. You want it because you're a geek, but in the world of DirecTV, sci-fi, you can tell which channels are more popular because in DirecTV and other satellite providers, they take channels like sci Sci-fi, and they compress them heavier than they compress certain other channels. So you can actually see more digital artifacts and that sort of thing, more compression artifacts on channels like Sci-Fi, simply because they know they're not as popular, and that's why they shove them in that that section of their bandwidth. So in your world, Johnson, Sci-Fi channels, the the Sci-Fi channel is popular, and inevitably it's probably more popular than some of the channels out there. But I don't know, but I think it would not necessarily be based on... I mean, I don't know about popularity because there are certain things about channels that are watched more often that maybe you just wouldn't want. You know, if it came down to paying for it, you wouldn't watch. True. Then you really are going to find out. I mean, once everybody's paying on a ch- for channels on an individual basis or on a based on much smaller packages than they're offering now. But I uh, think it would also affect content per channel. In other words, a channel is going to try and succeed more by changing. I think it would change content on all these channels as well. It may. Which would have a very interesting effect. And I think it would we'd start seeing some sort of uh, crossing with like certain things, like for example, Weather Channel or Travel Channel, something like that, where that content is more readily available through, you know, an internet. Maybe we'd start seeing some sort of 
better internet television integration or something that that may, might be driven by an all car package. We're definitely seeing some of this convergence uh, where you've got different media types sort of slowly merging together. I was on uh, the Breitbart. I was on Breitbart the other day, which is one of these news reporting websites. There's just all kinds of news on it. And I saw an advertisement for the Breitbart TV channel. So I don't know if that's actually a TV channel. I didn't actually click the ad, but it sounded like it was. And so it sounds to me like certain web providers are now gearing up and moving into the television world. So so you are definitely seeing some of the lines blur, and, and who knows what would happen. Though right now the TV cable, you know, the cable companies are still enjoying their sweet little franchise deals with uh, city governments and county governments across the country. So how soon that's going to happen, I don't know. I'm sure it's it's ending. I mean, there have been some people. There's some some articles in the news recently where uh, some of the you know more technically oriented people and and certain you know tech professionals are sort of declaring it's coming. TV's dying. I mean, people are people are just signing off and getting out of the cable world, and that it, you know faster and faster. We're going to see newspapers uh, die first, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. Eventually, maybe 20, 30 years from now, you'll probably see that. But who knows? I, mean, I don't know that that's true about newspapers dying. I think that there's always going to be a contingency of people who want a hard copy of something. Yeah. You know, TV is more of a... Yeah, but those people are over 65, Johnson. Yeah. No, newspapers are having like trouble, no doubt. Mark, do you like hard copies of things every once in a while? Do you like to read a magazine? I absolutely book, hate reading. I absolutely hate reading things on the Internet. I would totally agree with that. Um, but... I, newspapers having trouble, um, subscriberships down on uh, the most of the major papers. I'm not saying that newspapers dead. No, not only is subscribership down, but the papers are responding to the uh, decrease by cutting staff. So the papers are becoming less and less responsive to their readers because they just don't even have as much staff on hand to uh, to do what they used to do. Which you know, it's like the the radio problem where radio. That's actually, you know, that's funny because I actually read an article just the other day. Saying exactly the opposite of that, that because of uh, the internet, that a lot of newspapers, the ones that are becoming more successful and the ones that are, are maintaining their success, are becoming more responsive. Well, that's they how they will maintain their success. They have to maintain deadlines very, very quickly and get things out as fast. You're as right, Johnson. That's how they w- the, the ones that are staying alive, they aren't doing the wrong thing and slashing staff. They're keeping their staff on board and they're reorganizing and they're revamping. But most papers aren't, uh, aren't staying afloat. Most of them, their subscription rates are dropping, their advertising rates are dropping, and they're slipping off the map. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. Good conversation. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. On the way, 911, one of our listeners has a story about making that call. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. This is the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps somebody that you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in under 10 minutes. It's great for someone who's new to liberty. Go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com. 
com. Uh, as we continue with the phone calls, let's talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know how newspapers could increase their sales and their readership? How's that? Okay. How's that? Okay. You know how they include, you know, a lot of them, they include the police log, and it's got all the people that got arrested on a certain day and what the charge was mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where they live and all that? Well, why not send them a questionnaire? The people? What kind of questionnaire? Well, did the cops beat the pulp out of you? Or did they beat the pulp out of any of the people that were in the station at the time and so forth? You know, I can tell you why they won't. I can tell you why. Uh, because it, because when news agencies start to question the police, they find their relationship with the police basically put on ice. Um, you, if you start sort of um, being hostile towards the police as a news agency, you you will find your reporters will be retaliated against. Uh, you will find that the police will no longer talk to your reporters. They will not give you uh, information that you might have normally been able to get out of them before. So a news editor who is aware of this um, is probably not going to engage in investigation like that. But that said, it is a fine idea, I mean, to ask the, the victims of, uh, of police encounters how they were treated by the cops, because certainly the cops aren't handing out customer satisfaction questionnaires. You don't get that like you do when you go to Denny's, and, you know, you can just grab the little questionnaire off the table and fill out how, you're, how you were treated. That doesn't happen with the police. But it's a good suggestion, and Tom, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with the calls and talk to Eric in Texas. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey guys, how's it going this evening? Great. What's Good, on sir? your mind? I just uh, just got out of the Texas straw poll. Okay. And, uh, thought I give thought I give you a little report. That was sure. today, wasn't it? Yes. It was. How'd it and, go? Uh, Ron Paul finished third with sixteen point seven percent of the vote. Not too shabby. Sixteen point seven percent. Well, that puts him, uh, you know, in the top three. That's uh, that's top tier. It, yeah, it's in the top three. It was Duncan Hunter got forty percent. Really? Who the hell's that? And, <laughs> Uh, Some guy who's not going to be president, I can assure you. Yeah. Uh, Fred Thompson got 20%. He just declared this week. And uh, then after Ron Paul, it drops off into single digits. Single digits for what they're calling the top-tier candidates. Where's Giuliani? Where's McCain? Where's, Where's Romney? Romney? I'll tell you where they are. They're languishing down in the single digits. In these um, in these straw polls where the voters that really count, I'm not talking about their national phone polls done by the uh, paid-off organizations. In these straw polls where the voters rule things, Ron Paul comes in the top three, uh, has come in the top three of, I think, almost... He's won several of them. Yeah, it's almost like almost twenty-five. Here's where it gets interesting. Every other straw poll in the country has been an open vote. You just have to pay the registration fee. Mm -hmm. Right. They they tried to stack the deck here in Texas. Instead of doing it in Austin, which is a central location to the entire state, they put it in Fort Worth, which is at the far north end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Far as far about as far away from Ron Paul's district as you can get. I see. Which is Clute, right? Uh, yeah, and then they uh, they restricted it to previous delegates to the Texas GOP convention. 
Oh, really? So the only people who could participate, if you're just a regular run-of-the-mill Republican, you weren't allowed to vote. So you actually had exactly. to have been a delicate, uh, delegate in the past, which means you have to be you know, the most rabid of Republicans, the most party loyalist of Republicans. Exactly. And, and, and Ron Paul's going to draw from Republicans. He's going to draw from Democrats. And he's going to draw from independents. He's going to draw people. And non-voters. Yeah, people that have never voted in their lives are going to vote for Ron Paul because they finally see a chance for the United States government to return to the glory of its constitution. Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of these people are, you know, they're po- they're uh, professional politicians that want to put their hand as deep in your pocket as they possibly can. Exactly and right. That's Romney. That's Giuliani. That's McCain. And that's Fred Thompson. Sorry. You're, the funniest part of the whole thing was our governor Rick Perry couldn't even be bothered to attend in person, so mm. he sent a a video message. Nice of him. In his in his video message, he stated. There may not be a Texan on the ballot, but we can still send a Republican back oh, to the White House. Jeez, what a jerk. Yeah. What a scumbag. I mean, it's just amazing how these people are playing dumb when it comes to Ron Paul. Uh, they act as though he right. doesn't even exist. This is the re- this is the Republican governor of Texas um, excluding a Republican House member from Texas. Right. L- ludicrous. How does he just you, you can't forget about that. He knows Ron yeah. Paul is in the race and he's just yeah, a scumbag. Oh, by the way, had it had they not restricted it to delegates. Let me go back to that real quick. Had they not restricted it to delegates Ron Paul had a dinner last night with twice the number of people as Duncan Hunter got votes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I am really looking forward to the first primary just to see what things you know how it really plays out. And of course, the sh- the states right now are shuffling around their primaries, and New Hampshire needs to get on the ball. And, no, no, uh, reset New, New Hampshire will be first. There's a law in New Hampshire that says that our state will be first. Now, of course, that law doesn't apply to the rest of the states, but it does apply to New Hampshire. And you know, besides that, New Hampshire was ordained by God to be the first primary in the United States. We pick the president. Of the United States here in New Hampshire. I don't believe in God. Eric, thanks for the call. Appreciate it, man. 800 259 9231. Let's talk to Jim in Second Life. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I want to bring the topic back to medical marijuana. Certainly. Uh, have you guys ever met anyone that was on medical marijuana? Yes. Yes, I absolutely okay. have. Okay, yeah, I've, I've known a few people. Some definitely needed it. Like, I had a, like my ex girlfriend, she had real bad cancer. Um, she, she had actually brain cancer, and it was really and it really helped her out. Um, wow. She knew a few other people that had really bad ones, but it's also funny to see the people who don't really need it. <laughs> We're just wanting to get it, just to get it. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, it's it's illegal <laughs> otherwise, and they don't want to go to jail. Oh, of course, and I don't blame them, and I, I completely support them. But it's so funny because you'll sit there and you'll ask them, like, you know, so what do you, what do you get marijuana for? And they're like, oh, I got this really bad insomnia, or I got really bad stress, and. You know, come on, it's not really that bad, is it? And they're like, oh, no, and they'll swoop up and down. Oh, it's the worst. You have no idea how bad my stress is or whatever. And you're like, okay. And they're like, well, if you don't want to know a doctor, I know where to do something. You're like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. I mean, they they do need to they, they need to get off the whole uh, well, you know, the, the fact is um, that you don't have to have a debilitating condition to have marijuana be helpful for you. Um, I know that, for instance, uh, my girlfriend swears up and down, and I have no re- she has no reason to lie to me about this. She swears up and down that it really helps with menstrual pain. I mean, you know, just little things oh, like that. I've heard that before. Right. I've heard that before. So the yeah. fact is it can be very helpful for more innocuous things. You don't have to have MS uh, to benefit from marijuana. Thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate uh, it. 800-259-9231. 
you can bring up anything. 911. One of our listeners has emailed in with a story about... Is it why not to call 911, Mark? Is that what it's all it's, about? It's her experience. Okay. All right. We'll find and it out. wasn't good. Oh, boy. We'll find out what that's all about. And take your calls about whatever you want, if you make them. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And that, again, is freetalklive.com. And you can get on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. Great way to keep on top of what's happening with Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It is your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. I hear rumors, Mark, that we might be getting a world-exclusive announcement from the Free State Project here pretty soon. That's my understanding. All right, we'll find out about that. Uh, but first, we're going to the phones and talking to Bob in Florida, listening on WFTL. Hello, Bob. Hey, you got a good program. Uh, I, I, I totally endorse what you guys are doing, but most of all, I endorse Ron Paul. Thank you. He's probably the only candidate out there that's willing to follow the Constitution, and he brings this up in, in numerous areas. And he endorsed a wonderful book up there. It's called The Underground Lawyer by Michael Lewis Minns. I'm not familiar with it. Well, Michael Minns is out of Houston, Texas. He's uh, uh, fought the IRS before the. Uh, United States Supreme Court on several occasions. He's won many cases. He had two IRS lawyers suspended recently in the state of uh, New York. Wow. The main thing I'm hoping to do is Michael Minns describes the legal system as a total farce. Uh, He describes American divorces, disorganized crime. Mm -hmm. Uh, The book has been out for over the last 20 years now, but uh, Ron Paul wrote a beautiful endorsement of this book. He said it should be read by every single student in this country so that it can understand how corrupt our legal system really is. Now, if Ron Paul got to be president of the United States, he said he'd shut the doors of the IRS immediately. Oh, totally. It totally. would be it would be really great. Now, um, just for, just out of curiosity, lots of different pi- types of people support Ron Paul. Tell me sort of where you come from. Are you a registered Republican, registered Democrat? Well, I was actually a registered uh, Libertarian, and I and I was you know kind of wavering on this thing, but you know uh, I, I believe Ron Paul has you know gone back to being a Republican. And I think that he's got the right idea to stick to a main political party where you can actually do something within the party to change it. And yeah. I think it's uh, you know, somewhere on the line that uh, you know, if we can get uh, involved in this thing on a major scale, and I think there's several Republicans out there that would like to follow the Constitution. And believe it or not, I strongly believe that in this country, the lawyers have got a stranglehold on every single citizen, the average citizen, the average family, the average company, the legislature was away from bankruptcy. Did yeah. there used to be an amendment to the Constitution? I think it was the, the like the secret Missing 13th, 13th Amendment. Missing 13th Amendment. Right. And they totally endorsed 
that lawyers should not be in public office. And Anybody who not. held the title of Esquire, as lawyers do, mm -hmm. were not to be allowed to hold representative, senator seats, or any sort of government public office, and they got rid of that. It never made it through, or whatever happened with I don't remember what the tr true story was with this, the, this sort of historical 13th Amendment, but it really does exist in some uh, state constitutions and that sort of thing out there. And uh, if only we'd followed that little rule, that would have kept us, uh, I think, a lot freer than, well, uh, than we currently are. Today. In the state of Florida, Article 2, Section 3 uh, of the state constitution says very plainly, you cannot be a member of two parts of government at the same time. I mean, that's written in the story. Right, they and the fact it. is the lawyers are members of government because you have to swear. What, what happened is that they integrated by secret and unsigned ballots. When they were told it was illegal, they did it by secret and unsigned ballots. I went down in the archives in the Florida Supreme Court and got out all the documents. And it's a horror story what they pulled off. Yep. You have to swear, legal. as a lawyer, when you get sworn in, you're actually swearing allegiance to the system, to the, to court. the court to system. Exactly. And so that's that's more evidence that backs you up, Bob. And thank you for the call, by the way. We appreciate it. It's more evidence that backs up his claim that the whole system is corrupt. Because think about it. When you're going into, when you, let's say you get charged with something innocuous, like a traffic crime, you know, like uh, here in New Hampshire recently, a friend of ours was charged for not U-turn, he was U taking a U-turn at a no U-turn place. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say you get charged with something innocuous like that. You know, the fact is, even if you hire a lawyer, he's not really working for you. He has an allegiance, first and foremost, to the system, to the bar, to the courts. So therefore, the judge, the prosecutor, and your attorney are all technically on the same side. There's no impartiality with government courts. They are completely stacked against you and in favor of the state. Anybody who's ever been involved knows this. 800-259-9231. A uh, little message to the caller that was just, in, uh, that was just on the line. Since you're, if you're still a registered libertarian, uh, if you want to vote for Ron Paul in the primary, which is really where the, uh, the action is going to be for him, because once he wins, right. if, if he wins the Republican nomination, he'll beat whatever Democrat's out there. Um, if, if you want to vote for him in the primary, you need, in Florida, you need to register 30 days ahead of time, which means that you need to go out and register Republican, well, now, now because yeah. likely, um, don't it'll procrastinate. Be, it'll be January, uh, you know, very soon there in Florida. And you can change back afterwards if you want. Right. All right. 800 And that applies to a lot of other states as well, not just Florida. Yes. So 30 days is, uh, check is your common. local, uh, check your local regulations. Presume that that is your state and, uh, just, you know, do the safe thing and change your registration as soon as possible. Continuing with the calls to Mark in Indianapolis. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Can you guys hear me okay? We've got yep, you, gotcha. Mark. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, I, uh, I've been listening to you guys' show. I've been busy lately, so I've, uh, I've been kind of backed up with the, uh, the podcast. Um, I, I saw on there, though, on, the, um, on you guys' website and the podcast that you guys were talking about the Senator Craig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we were. Well, what was your um, opinion on that overall? Well, you know... Um... I, I, if this was anybody but a senator or representative or somebody in government, I would normally say, look, it's nobody's business what you do in a bathroom. Look, I don't care. Who cares if he's, you know, doing things with his feet or reaching his hand under the, uh, the side? It's, it's none of my business. It's a little tacky. It's a little weird. It's a little odd. But well, it shouldn't be a crime. And people who yeah, engage that was, in that behavior. That was my thing. I'm, I'm in, kind of going irate over it. I've got nothing to say about the guy. I don't know who he is. I, He's just not a politician in my book. It's not about that. And the whole media, I'm watching Fox and CNN, and they've been, you know, making it into more of a, you know, deviant behavior kind of topic. It's not that at all. I just can't believe the totalitarian society we're living in to where people can't make hand gestures or something like that in a bathroom. Right. And they get arrested for it. 
Yeah, I don't I mean, think that, that, that any, if it were you or insane. I or anybody else, Mark, I would be completely on uh, your side and say you should not be going to jail for these sorts of things. This should not be a crime. He didn't hurt anybody. No one was no. violated. Nothing went wrong here. But I do well, support they, what's they happening even... to him because he's a politician and politicians are scum and he's a hypocrite as well at the same time. And I just love it when politicians get caught up doing tra- uh, stuff like this. Yeah, and I mean, he was a so-called social conservative or whatever, too. But I mean, this is... Um... It's not the part about, you know, busting him or the fact he's, you know, like you said, a politician. It's uh, it's not like they were going at him in public. It was just, no. when I understand they were explaining it and seeing him just hand gestures, and I just can't believe, well, a couple things, that, you know, this whole age of the war on terror and everything, the police got to waste the resources at airports to do this kind of thing. <laughs> right. And I wonder how many unsolved about, murders there were in town that, uh, you know, they were hanging out in the bathroom stalls waiting for somebody right. to, to wave at them from underneath. Yeah, and the my, my opinion of all is it's nothing to do with a deviant behavior. It's about freedom in the fact we're in this big brother society where I guess you can't even make hand gestures. It's equivalent equivalent of like if I looked at you Ian in the face if we're talking, I make some kind of grin, and some police sees it, doesn't like, and it's illegal. Pretty much, it is absolutely it's, absurd. It's that, that law is yeah, totally America, absurd. Who's tolerating it left and right? It's. You know, I wonder how far we're going to go until we start opening up the concentration camps for whatever reason the government tells us. There you know? are people who have called this show that would like to see that happen, and that is really scary. Now, my well, yeah, my, I mean, my, it, my, uh, my opinion on uh, Senator Craig is largely he, he voted pretty well as far as um, you know people's liberties and that kind of thing. He was certainly a social conservative, but there could have been far... Uh, far better senators that could have this could have happened to. I think we've lost a little something with uh, Craig resigning. Well, nah, yeah, we haven't lost anything. He's just another I mean, scumbag. I didn't know about the guy. I'm just about. If there was an innocent Joe in public, I just can't believe we're at that level in society where you can't solicit. Yeah, it's not like they were doing anything in public. There was any. Um, there was no hanky panky going on. No scene going on. Right. It was just a so-called. And it wasn't even clear what that was, really, and he's busted over all this. And that could be, if it was him, it could happen to anyone. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's the sad part of the story. To that level now, where where are people going to be, where are they going to draw the line and say, okay... I don't know, Mark. I, I ask that question every, almost every night. You know, when is America finally going to get fed up with this tyranny from this government? And I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I hope it does, and I hope there's something that really flips the switch. But thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I think each individual is going to have his or her own line in the sand. I just hope we're getting closer to that line, because <laughs> I don't know. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. By the way, I should mention that Free Talk Live will be doing live programming on Labor Day, so uh, this coming Monday you will have live content if you get us on your local radio station. If you don't, you can always grab us online at freetalklive.com. And all the features on our website are totally free, so be sure you enjoy those on us. But if if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to go shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, a percentage of your purchase will go to benefit Free Talk Live. It doesn't matter if you're buying used items or selecting from their huge selection of new products. Uh, 41 categories to shop from. All kinds of stuff. I mean, pretty much anything you might need to buy in life, they probably sell it. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Consider that your shopping portal. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Brandon in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brandon. Hi, Hi everyone. 
Hey, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, the presidential elections on my mind. All right, sure. Go for it. Uh, we got this presidential election coming up, and you get all these people talking about the war and all this other stuff, and like, it makes us wonder who, who should be the next president. It makes what now? I'm sorry. What about who should who should be the next president? That's like a hard decision. Think who we think. I think we need someone who supports the war. Why would you think that? Because we don't want somebody to come out and just pull everyone. Why? Because then another country might come after us. What are you talking about? What's the logic there, sir? The logic here is that I think that we need to. Make sure that we have someone who supports the war. Yeah, I don't think you've thought that through very well, because if another country wanted to come after us, they could do that right now, considering there's very, very few military members that are actually here in the United States, and it would probably take them a few days to actually get themselves over here in order to defend the United States, if indeed it were attacked by some other country. So, actually, right now would be about a perfect time for any other hostile country to launch an attack on America. The fact that they aren't shows that, well, no one's really interested in attacking America. Right, right, I do agree on that, but I'm just saying that so then why wouldn't you agree, if you're worried about an attack, why wouldn't you agree to pull the troops home, not just from Iraq, but from Afghanistan and from the other 130 countries around the world that we currently occupy, like the Roman Empire, pull all the troops home and uh, and actually have a Department of Defense for the first time in, well, who knows how long? I'm just saying that if, let's say, we get a new presidential president election, they just come in and pull everyone immediately, and that makes other countries think they were giving up. Well, yeah, right I don't now, know about that, Brandon. Th- thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate hearing from you, Mark. Well, I, I, um, you know, my thought on that is, is, you know, what is there to win or lose in Iraq for the average American citizen? You can lose your life. Right. Well, you could go over there and uh, if you if you decided to volunteer for our volunteer military, which fewer and fewer people are volunteering for, um, you can go over there and stop a few bullets. But mm-hmm. largely, what we're talking about in Iraq is benefits for politicians. Uh, benefits for lobbyists and benefits for big oil companies and and uh, big companies. Yeah, all, um, Halliburton. Th- that's that kind of thing. Even forget Halliburton. Think about uh, the company that makes combat boots or the right. company that makes uh, you know handheld calculators. They're selling more stuff because the military's over there breaking things. That's what the military does. It kills people and breaks things. Mm-hmm. And they're breaking plenty of our stuff. Why? Are the American people forced to pay um, their taxes to support the oil? What the oil companies want, which is st- a steady supply of oil. I mean, if if there's some kind of problem with oil being exported from the Middle East, I'd rather pay a few bucks more at the pump than trill a trillion dollars to fight this stupid war. That uh, you know, by the way, we won the war. Um, the United States beat Iraq. A war, a war is a conflict between two countries. Right. What we have failed to do over there is bring American democracy to um, the Iraqi people. Why? I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I shouldn't have to pay for it. That's right. It doesn't matter um, because you can't force an idea on a population. They just not, if they're not interested, they're not interested. And uh, occupation is certainly not a very successful military endeavor. It never has been, uh, and it never will be. So a sensible president, like a Ron Paul, would immediately bring the troops home as soon as possible, get them out of harm's way, 
stop the uh, the deaths, stop the deaths of uh, the American troops, and stop the deaths of the uh, the innocent Iraqis that have been perishing over there as well. In fact, I think you would also bring the troops home from around the world and shut down all the military bases. Uh, that we currently occupy in 130-plus countries, 700-plus military bases. I've got Why question. is all that out there? Yeah, I've got a question. How many countries... Now, let's look at Canada. Canada's, uh, you know, maybe not the uh, bastion of liberty. Uh, it's a Western country, though. But it's a Western country and very and they're similar. freer than we are in a lot of ways. In some ways. They have way better property rights and their, their gun freedom's pr- fairly decent. They've got universal health care, which really stinks. That's true, but we've got 50% universal health care, yeah. and that stinks, too. We beat them on the Heritage Foundation as far as the... Um, if, you know, economically freest countries in the world. We beat Canada. That's but that, that's beside the point. How many countries does Canada occupy? Zero. Why? I don't know I mean, for sure whether or not they're in any other countries. But why in the world are we in 131 countries? Canada's in zero. And somehow or another, the Canadians aren't getting attacked by bomb-lobbing uh, uh, Muslims out there. Why is it the United States is going to be the one? The only reason the Muslims have done anything to us, um, you know, the people in the Muslim countries, the radicals, whatever you want to call them, the only reason they've done anything to us is our participation in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have people with guns over there um, supporting their kings and their sheiks and their ruling class, which we have no business, uh, United States citizens, people that broke away from a king, have no business supporting a king. Our politicians have no business supporting King Hassad over in Saudi Arabia. Well, you don't have any business forcing people to support a king through government wealth redistribution. But if you personally want to cut a check to uh, some Saudi Arabian king, then, well, you should be free to do that. But right now, that's not what's happening. Right now, the government is taking all of our money by force, called taxes. They take it all, and they pull it all, pull it all together into a centralized pot, and then they decide, based on politics, you know, based on who knows who and who's scratching whose back, who to give that money to around the world. That money doesn't go to help poor people eat. It goes to buy bureaucrats new BMWs to drive around in, and that sort of thing. Uh, right. So stop it. Stop. Right. Pull the troops out and end the foreign aid. At all the, same the time. all the foreign aid is is our uh, poor and middle class people supporting their ruling class people in the other country. It yep. doesn't go to their poor people. That's ludicrous. And the idea that some other country is just sitting out there. Waiting in the wings, rubbing its hands together, just waiting for America to withdraw from Iraq so they can attack uh, the American troops. What are you talking about? Right, why would, Where so, did you get that idea from? Why would, the, why would anybody want to attack the United States once we brought troops back? The, the rest of the world, if, if indeed the, uh, the United States government pulled its troops out of just if it, even if it just pulled its troops out of Iraq and Afghanistan. That would go a long, long way towards helping the people in the rest of the world understand that, wow, America, you know, maybe it's really changing its tune here. Maybe it's going to stop this whole hegemony, this uh, occupation, empire uh, building, empire building, especially if uh, Ron Paul gets elected and manages to bring all of the troops home from all the 130 countries. Then that'll send a real message to the rest of the world, and that is that America's finally getting back to the Constitution. It's finally getting back to the concepts of the Founding Fathers who said... Entangling alliances, to paraphrase, we don't need entangling alliances with other countries. What we need is free trade. What we need is the ability for people doing business in America to do business with whoever they want around the world without this meddling government getting in the way saying, oh, no, you can't import that. Okay, we'll allow you to import this, but we're going to charge severe taxes on it. No, you you can't export that. No, no, no. You know, all these absurd rules that are applied to uh, people trading, that just all needs to end. You know, 
um, just thinking for a second about the uh, participation in, uh, of the United States and Saudi Arabia. The United States supports uh, a king over there. It's King Hassad, I believe, is his name, uh, the son of King Fahd. Um, and I may have, might have the name um, wrong a little bit. I don't know. Does it really matter? His name is King. Yeah. Um, so we're supporting this king. How would you, as an American, feel if... Um, you know, you uh, if the Saudi Arabian government was supporting a king over here. Well, we don't have a king. But what if we did? What if um, the Saudi Arabian uh, government was supporting, and largely because of all their money, that's the reason the guy was staying in power. We couldn't mm. have a revolt because of all these weapons and, and those kind of things that the uh, Saudi Arabian government is giving to King George, let's call him. Um, would you like the idea that uh, we're stuck under the rule of this king and it's supported by a foreign government? Maybe, just maybe, some enterprising Americans would say, you know what, screw that, I'm sick and tired of this king crap, we were born to be free, that this country has a, a you know a proud heritage and we, we d- deserve to be free, let's go sacrifice our lives and see if we can get this awful, despotic, tyrannical government out of um, our business and let us rule ourselves. If we were being occupied by another country, for instance, you would be an insurgent. Yes, I absolutely would. You'd fight alongside me too, wouldn't you, Ian? Maybe. I don't know if I'd go out. I'd probably be planting bombs and that sort of thing, and I'd be a little more subtle about it. More on the way, you can take control of the airwaves. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control and bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Even though it's Labor Day weekend, many radio shows decide, ah, it's close to a holiday. Let's not do any work. We're here. Uh, We're actually in the studio. And we want to hear from you about whatever's on your mind. Again, 800-259-9231. You can, of course, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. Still to come, uh, the email from a listener about her experience. I think it's a her. It is yeah, a her. Maybe. Her experience calling 911. But first, we've got to go to the phones because this is the show about your calls. Let's talk to Chris in New Hampshire. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, guys. Good evening, How are you? Sir. Great. What's on your mind? I have a big announcement that I wanted to let you guys be the first to know about. This is a world exclusive right here on Free Talk Live. What is it? So the 2008 Free State Project Liberty Forum will be held January 3rd through 6th. Well, that's right about the time of the, uh, uh, the primaries here in New Hampshire. Absolutely. We're trying to maximize it so that we could be right before the primaries. Excellent. That's very cool. Now, this is the second annual Liberty Forum. We, of course, had the opportunity to attend and broadcast live from the first Liberty Forum, which was earlier this year. It was a blast. It was a tremendous success. Uh, It was the first time the Free State Project had ever put on a convention-style sort of an event. Uh, The the Free State Project's been doing Porkfest for a long time, which is more of a a low-key, people go out to a campground, and they just hang out for a week, and there's cool things going on, a lot of fun. Uh, But, you know, so it's more of like a campy-style, unprofessional atmosphere, if you will, compared to the Liberty Forum, which is 
not really suit and tie or anything, but, but it's there were people in suit and ties. Yeah, it's certainly more of a uh, more of a convention style atmosphere. People meeting in a hotel, lots of speakers, panels. Uh, we, John Stossel was there last year. I mean, that, that was huge. Tell so, us some of the speakers that are going to be yeah, there. Yeah, what's give us Chris? some reasons to go and register now that registration is open. Registration is officially open as of one hour ago. Ooh, told you, um, world exclusive, Mark. So, what are the tickets going to cost? Right now, the tickets are going to be two hundred nineteen dollars, okay. and that would include three, uh, actually three and a half days of events, and some as meals. well as both dinners. Excellent. Is this longer so, this time? I remember it was a weekend last time. Is this an extra day, or is it uh, a little expanded, or am I just remembering incorrectly? No, you're right. Um, what happened is we noticed that a lot of people came in early last year. The official um, Liberty Forum started on Friday, mm-hmm. but we so many people came in Thursday to go on a state house tour. Mm. So what we're going to do is kind of expand that, and we're going to have a little gun shoot, some shoot 'em up on uh, Thursday morning. And then on uh, Thursday afternoon, we're going to have another state house tour where uh, free staters invade the state house. Now, on this, uh, I, I know that uh, the, the Free State Project had something to do with a, a machine gun shoot at one of the local uh, uh, firing ranges. Are we going to? Is anybody going to do one of those? Um, I don't know if it's going to be an official machine gun shoot per se, but there will be lots of people, you know, learning about guns. We're going to have gun safety classes. Probably we're going to just take some people to the range and uh, let them shoot it up. Excellent. Very cool. Now, it's actually happening this time in Nashua, New Hampshire, whereas last year, or this year rather, it was in Concord. So it's going to be a bit of a trip to the State House this time out, uh, but uh, nonetheless, give you an excuse to see some of the state. And Nashua is known for, like, being the tech hub of New Hampshire, right? There's a there's heavy IT industry uh, down there, as I understand. Correct. Heavy IT, there's lots of hotels, and we picked this hotel in Nashua. A lot of people say, why Nashua, you know, a lot of people call Nashua Massachusetts North. Mm. Um, but we picked Nashua. A lot of the people at last year's convention, we were so we beat, beat all of our expectations. We had to get to a bigger hotel yep. that had more convention space, more hotel rooms. It was cramped and, last year, no doubt about it. Yeah, it was. You couldn't walk in the hallway even by the Free Talk Live booth. It was jam packed. Yeah, well, there was a huge crowd out there every time we were broadcasting. It was amazing. So it was and a lot we of fun. We got a good. We think we have a great location for okay. uh, you guys to set up this year. Good. Tell me about those speakers. So right now um, we have some speakers who I can't announce because they're finalizing the schedule. But sure, right sure. now we have Sharon Harris from the Advocates of Self-Government. Excellent. Who couldn't make it last year due to, or this year because of uh, family emergency or something like that. And so that'll be great to have Sharon there. We've had her on the show in the past. The Advocates for Self-Government, a wonderful organization dedicated to helping liberty-minded people spread the message of liberty and do it effectively. Communicate better and not get into arguments and learn how to persuade people. Sharon Harris's organization is fantastic. So that's a, she's great. Um, who else? And she's uh, she's looking forward to be here. Um, we have another re- we have a repeat speaker, Jim Babka from Downsize DC. We love Jim. Yeah, Jim's, Jim's great. great. He's and on our show he, all the time. And he's on fire. He can't wait to get here. Mm-hmm. Great. He's on fire all the time. I I, I think he's just like that. So who uh, else? Bob Bob Schultz, uh, the chairman of the We the People Foundation. Now they're the ones that are um, you know doing the the income tax. They're they're withholding their income. Income taxes from the government until the government uh, makes some explanations about uh, income tax law, the Iraq War, 
9-11 questions. Answers questions that uh, the government has up, up until this point refused to answer. And so the We the People Foundation has said, you know what, we're not paying you any taxes until you answer these questions. And in fact, they filed a lawsuit to have the government, for the very first time ever, ever, the Supreme Court will be ruling on the meaning of the, the petition clause of the First Amendment. They've never been asked to rule on this. Right, what the, does it say, Mark? The First Amendment's kind of funny. Everybody's heard about um, you know, the right to uh, no, no law res- respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting free speech or abridging the uh, freedom of speech or uh, the press or the right of the people to assemble. But then but what about end, the peti- end to petition the government for a redress of grievance? How do you petition the United States government for a redress of grievance? That's never even been outlined. The, the We the People, People um, Foundation have uh, redressed, you know, petitioned the government for a redress of grievance, well, and they've got no answer at all. The government says, screw you, we're not answering you. Right. So far, the government has told We the People that you have the right to petition, but we don't have to answer you. And so they're appealing that. It's going up to the Supreme Court, and Bob Schultz, the head of We the People, is going to be speaking at the 2008 Liberty Forum. For more information on them, go to uh, GiveMeLiberty.org. Uh, that's right. In fact, uh, I'm looking here at your list. You've actually got a list of uh, some of the speakers, uh, including Ber- Bernard von Nauthaus from the Liberty Dollar. We like we, him, too. We, uh, <laughs> we got to meet at, the, at, uh, at Porkfest. Uh, and also, what are some of the, uh, besides the, uh, the machine gun shoot, what are some of the other events you guys might have scheduled? I see the schedule of events has not yet been posted. Can you give us a little taste test, uh, some of the things you've got in the hopper? Um, yeah, we actually, well, some of you may know that there's a free stater who opened a bar. Yes. In New Hampshire. We may make a uh, road trip for some after-hours activity there. I'll bet you will. That is great. I've been to the oh, – Mark and I went there recently. It's called Murphy's Tap Room in Manchester, New Hampshire. Very nice. And uh, I was really impressed with that place. Fantastic. Anything else you, could, you are at liberty to share with us, Chris? Um, there's one big speaker that I can't – I'm sure everyone might have a guess at who it is, but we can't – until the primary dates are set, we really can't. Is there, <laughs> is there any off. chance that the, the, the speaker might be participating in the primaries? There's a very good chance he will be. Is there a chance he is that participating in is it, there yes. a chance that he was also at the last Liberty Forum? I believe he was. Yes. That uh, would be a really great speaker to, uh, to to hear about. This is going to be something you're going to want to grab your tickets for. Um, I mean, how many can you? How many people can this handle this time out? I mean, what was like 300 plus people attended last time? What are you planning for this time, Chris? We're planning for between 400 and 500 people at this event. We can actually have up to 500 people at dinner if we squeeze them and pack them in. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you're 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 increasing the uh the amount of tickets available. There's more space at this hotel, but you guys sold out uh this year as I understand it. I mean, it was packed. I don't think you could have possibly fit anyone else in uh this year. So, if you're holding if you're going to hold out to the last minute to get tickets, that may be a mistake. Uh you're going to want to get registered early, and there are reasons to get registered early because uh eventually the price is going to go up. I don't see a date here as far as when the price is going up, but it's starting at 219 for the entire weekend. So, you might want to get in and, and get registered. Right, this last this last event, um there were plenty of people that did not get to see John Stossel speak, and by the sounds of it, uh the next uh, speaker, uh, you know, the, the next big speaker could be even more exciting than John Stossel. Maybe, especially if it's Penn Jillette. Are you working on him? Has anybody called Penn Jillette? We have called Penn Jillette. We're trying to work on getting him out. One thing, some people are, you know, it is the holiday season and some people are walking at that. Hmm. Because it's uh, January the 3rd? Correct. 
Gotcha. Very good. Hey, dude, awesome. Thank you for the, the exclusive right. announcement. We're really excited, of course, hoping we're going to be involved again this year. I'm sure we will be. Absolutely. Uh, and Chris, uh, that's Chris Lawless. He's the organizer of the uh, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. More information will be posted online at freestateproject.org. And we're coming back with more Free Talk Live here in moments. I really hope that Pendulette comes. I hope he brings Moxie Crime Fighter with him. More on the, lo- uh, more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the wiki, over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. you go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. It's for free, of course. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust or even a limited liability company, or setting up a corporation. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Continuing with the phone calls. Show about your calls. Let's go to Cliff in Idaho. Cliff, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. How you doing there? First thing I want to say is go, Ron Paul, go. Excellent. Uh, he is going. There's no doubt I about it. I belong to the meetup club here, you know, for Idaho Falls and Rigby, and... uh we're getting everything together, and we're going to try to go up on uh, the first to, uh, you know, the fair there in Blackfoot and pass out flyers and all that stuff. I just we're trying to get it set up now. I am I am constantly just amazed at the self starters that have attached themselves to the Ron Paul campaign. You did not get orders from the Ron Paul, uh, you know, uh, campaign headquarters, headquarters to do this, did you? No, I sure didn't. You know, that's the thing about Ron Paul um, supporters is they're out there campaigning for Ron Paul, and nobody's giving them any orders at all. They're, they're no. paying their own money for signs. They're buying their own T-shirts. They're paying for bumper stickers. The people that support Ron Paul, you, nobody can tell what Ron Paul has as far as funding, campaign funding, because it's all diffuse. of his supporters, right, his, his supporters are paying for their own stuff. Yep. No, Mitt exactly Romney isn't right. doing that crap. Not only that, Ron Paul's giving a lot of his money that he's making up there, you know. He's giving it back, too. How so? If you, well, I'm talking talk about the, some of the money he gets, you know, allowed and everything else for his position there. He turns some of it back in every year too. Oh yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't take the uh, the Senate pension or whatever that uh, you yeah, know. And he not the, 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 the raises either. Yeah, the, he votes against every raise, and, and he doesn't the use House their, pension. He doesn't use me. their medical plan, as I understand it, as well. well. Nope. Right. One of the thing I wanted to express though is, you know, uh, you guys are real good, and uh, you know, I've heard a lot of good stuff on your programs. Thank you, Cliff. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, we need to watch our back door a little bit more because uh, I've talked to Dr. Corsi, you know, and, and Joanne Wood, uh, you know, here in Idaho Falls, and, and, or excuse me, in Boise. She's a state representative okay. for the Transportation Department, and it blew her mind the information I sent her on the SPP. The Securities, uh, Security and Prosperity Partnership, The uh, of course, the allegation is that uh, they're America and Canada and, uh, and uh, Mexico are gearing up for a North American Union. Yes, they are. And not only that, um, Dr. Corsi just came out, and he's been on two programs. I've heard him since I talked to him live when he was in Canada, saying that, uh, you know, if we have a, uh, a natural or disaster or whatever, like the bird flu or some kind of influenza, mm-hmm. That uh, they have signed the deal where the UN comes in with the uh, blue cats. Blue cats? Oh, hats. Blue hats. 
Well, Maybe so. I know. I mean, how many Americans I don't think are going to stand for right, that? I don't though? think that the UN belongs in the United States handling disasters. I think the United States can handle its own disasters. Um, yes, they can. And now I'm not. I'm not exactly sure whether it makes any sense or not. Whether there will be some giant, uh, you know, mega nation called the American Coalition or whatever it is. But I can tell you, if there is, I'm against it. Yeah, I'm, no I'm doubt not about against it. Against it, I'll fight to my death over that. But something I wanted to express was this: is that. Off the coast of Texas, China has the biggest, you know, cranes in the world and the shipping containers and all that right off the coast of Texas. Mm -hmm. Now they're, they're going to start bringing all these containers and stuff, you know, coming up through Texas, through the Texas corridor and all that, mm -hmm. with these uh, illegal immigrants, that, which haven't been checked health-wise, you know, or driver's license-wise, and they don't even check the containers. Now, supposing they came in here, you know, because most Eurasian flu and stuff like that and bird flu, you know, come from China and, and uh, places overseas. But you're forgetting one thing. I, I do know, and I uh, per personally, that uh, the president of Taiwan was just up in Alaska with a crew, you know. And uh, they're supposed to be, t you know, remember the Spanish flu? Um, the Spanish flu was, uh, I'm sorry, that circled in, what was it? I'm sorry, 19... 1918. Yeah, it was early 20th century. I couldn't tell and you. What about it killed 675,000 people right here in the United States. It did. And millions all over the world. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, <clears throat> is that if they could spread that, I mean, uh, there's no cure really for the bird flu either. Who's they? I mean, are you suggesting that someone will be attempting to spread a flu on purpose or that it'll just be uh, an accident? Yes, I do, because a lot of these labs and stuff, you know, and I've talked to some people, you know, that uh, got contacts with Intel, the CIA and all that. And they're saying about this couple labs and stuff, you know, they've had problems with, may just ship it through here or put it in some kind of container and, uh, you know, because the data... Who, wait, wait, wait. Who is they, though? Who are you suggesting will do something like that? I'm saying that uh, it might possibly be this United States government uh, doing it because of the other stuff they've done. To give them and, an excuse uh, to uh, impose martial law and quarantines and that sort of thing? That's exactly right. Cliff, thanks, be... thank you for the call, and, uh, and we appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, it's interesting allegations. As far as his concern about, uh, you know, Mexican truck drivers coming up here with, uh, with uh, loads that haven't been checked, look... The government is not going to keep you safe from influenza. Right. The government even, is not going to be able to check all of the uh, the, the products on. that come into even the country. Even if we had a wide open, um, you know, even if we had the border, uh, you know, shut down and only let tourists in, if some kind of avian flu breaks out, which likely the Spanish flu from eight, 1918 was an avian strain, is from what I heard on NPR. Um, even even if an avian flu breaks out somewhere in the world. People travel. Look, AIDS spread all over the world. Mm -hmm. The flu is even more virulent and spreads much more quickly. Yeah, I, I don't trust you the government. Keep out. You I, can't keep out right. these kind of things. I don't. First of all, I don't trust the government to keep me safe from disease. In fact, I think Cliff is probably on to something when he suggests that if a disease comes to America, it's more likely to be the government uh, supplying it. Nah, I'd be that. more likely to believe that than them. I mean, they I, certainly aren't going to keep us safe. I, I mean, don't, don't believe look, it for a second. Don't look to them to uh, to keep you healthy. Uh, just look at the people in after Katrina that were waiting for the government to provide them with the most basic services of 
food and water. Right. I don't think uh, I don't think the government's any good at keeping people healthy right. or um, you know protecting people from disasters. I w- don't think for a second that the government's going to try to make us um, all sick with some kind of z- disease. Nor no. do I want the government inspecting all of uh, you know all incoming freight into America. You want to talk about uh, delays. You want to talk about an just an impression on the marketplace as right. far as making I mean, the, it more difficult to get products to market. The produce will all spoil before they ever get a chance to go through it all. These are right. bureaucrats we're talking about. They're not motivated in any way, shape, or form. If your boatload of bananas goes bad sitting there waiting for some inspector to come through, too bad. The government doesn't lose anything, um, and your bananas are rotted, and you're out of business. Right. Too we'll bad. Lose. The yeah. consumers will The consumers lose. lose. The, the uh, importers and exporters lose. We'll likely pay five times what we do currently for produce. It's I'm not ludicrous cons- to I'm not uh, have concerned. the government... I'm not concerned about the scare tactics of, oh, no, influenza, we need to shut down the ports. We need to inspect every single box that comes through here. And that I don't think just, the caller was um, suggesting that. That either. is just calling for, well, he might have been suge- might not have suggested it, but eh, he was sort of beating around the bush. And there are people that, su- that want that. There are people that want there are incredibly that want that. detailed inspections of incoming packages. Please, no. Just let people do business. And if something breaks out, let the marketplace handle it. Let people who get paid to help us stay healthy. The government screws up, screws up everything it touches. Yeah, please don't look to the state to keep you safe. Please. 800 259 If you do, well, good luck. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site are totally free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Going right back into the phone calls to Larry in Canada. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Larry in Canada, going once. Larry in Canada. Hello, Larry. How are you? What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to, I had a quick question about the police state that's going to go down here pretty soon. Okay, I think it's already going down, but uh, yes, sir, your question. (laughs) You're right about that. I'm just wondering, um, I know there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff going down with the economy and whatnot. I'm just wondering when, when the globalists decide to go for the police state in the total suppression of the people are they going to do it simultaneously because of the north american union look i don't know about all this globalist conspiracy the nwo and all that stuff i don't know if that stuff even exists what i do know is that the police have been uh, militarizing themselves more and more over time and the police are enforcing bad laws without questioning their orders that the police have been uh, harassing marijuana smokers, blacks, Hispanics, long hairs for their confiscating since time, weapons, since time enforcing um, unconstitutional laws. Look, if you you know you can sit 
there and worry all you want about the uh, the evil people and their secret meetings and if they're going to do things simultaneously or not. I don't think that's really the issue. The issue is it's what's happening now. really happening. And what's really happening is the police is the police are ramping up their violence. They're attacking nonviolent protesters. We just saw news, you know, from your very own Canada uh, at the, uh, the, the recent protest outside of the SPP conference where the police were found to be using agents provocateur. They, uh, they had people in bandanas getting ready, uh, trying to uh, encourage the protesters to become a violent protest, which, of course, the protesters refused to do. And uh, we've seen these tactics over and over again from the cops. They continue to, uh, to escalate. The laws continue to get more oppressive. There's not going to be one defining moment, um, I don't think. I think you're just going to see continued escalation, continued police tactics, and continued American and Canadian and the rest of the world acceptance of it. Most people just sit back. Most of the respectables, for instance, just sit back and they say, well, I don't care if they raid the wrong person's home. I live in the right neighborhood, so I won't ever get caught up in it. I don't think there's going to be one defining moment. Uh, right. it's I, just... I think you know, if, they get, if there was a defining moment, there'd be an opportunity to revolt. What, in fact, seems to be happening is it's like the frog in boiling water where yep. it, you know, the temperature just goes up very, very slowly until the frog's cooked. The frog never even notices the temperature just creeping up slowly until it's boiled to death. Americans, if uh, if Americans, if the founding fathers had any idea what was going on today, they would be shocked that Americans are putting up with it. If the founding fathers knew that there were armed police SWAT team raids happening 40,000 times a year in America, they would be completely fed up. They would be revolting. They would be fighting back. Um, that's not happening in America today because of the frog and hot water theory, and so I think that's your answer. It's happening now. It's increasing now. It will continue to increase as the laws continue to be more restrictive, as the police continue to enforce laws blindly. Thank you for the call, Larry. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I wish it weren't like this. I wish it would turn in the other direction, but uh, it's going. They're going. we're going down a very, very scary path in this country. Some could make the argument, and I might be one of the people to make this argument, that we already live in a police state. If you're a respectable, then you don't think you live in a police state because, well, they're not messing with you. They're messing with the people driving the beat-up cars. They're messing with the blacks and the Hispanics. They're messing with the long hairs. They're messing with the, uh, the pot smokers. They're messing with uh, the protesters. They're messing with the anti-war crowd. They're infiltrating peace activist groups on the uh, allegation that they believe they could be terrorists. The Quakers, for right. God's sake. They're invading the they're, – they're infiltrating the Quakers. They're messing with people who uh, have the gall to have cameras on their own property. Right here in New Hampshire, one of the freest states in America, there is a law that says that you cannot record the police when they're on your own property. There's without a their man, permission. Without their permission. So there was a man that had uh, a security system that he had set up in his home. His name is Michael Gannon. And uh, the reason he'd set the security system up was because there was some you know, minor crimes. His, uh, his dumpster was vandalized or something like that, and he wanted to make sure he could keep his property safe. Well, the police ended up coming over there to investigate his son for whatever his son was alleged to have been doing. And, of course, while they were on his property, they were being recorded by these, uh, the security system. He ended up um, bringing the security tape to the police to show them the behavior of the cops. Because the cops had acted out. The cops were being uh, very officious and being jerks and rude and you know busting in his door and you know putting their foot in his door so he couldn't stop the conversation with them and so on. They were being very rude. And so he went to file a complaint about the police. He thought that 
this was the right thing to do. He thought that filing a complaint against bad cops was what you're supposed to do. But the cops instead charged, arrested him and charged him with a felony count of wiretapping for for recording the police on his own property. Right. This what is a country do we live in? This is an average guy, a middle class individual. You know, he's uh, he had a motor home at his house. I mean, right. you know, he's likely, a landlord. Yeah, yeah. He's got some money. This isn't just your your you know scumball. What do you do when cops are invading your home illegally? Yeah. You, you can't shoot them like you shoot a burglar. Right. If you shoot a cop, my God, all hell's gonna break loose. You cannot defend yourself from these people. And now That's cops, not America. And the cops have the attitude of, well, it's okay for us to record you, but it's not okay for you to record us. Right, which, which you know, the fact is cops hate cameras. They hate being held ac- accountable. Mm-hmm. Now, not every cop is that way, but enough of them are that it's very, very scary. Right, and if you've got a camera and there's a cop around and you're in public, usually the cops will ask you not to record them. And when I've, when, I personally am not brave enough yet to continue to record a cop when he, when he requests that I not record him. Because I don't know if I'm dealing with a rogue cop. I don't know if I'm dealing with a cop who's going to arrest me at that point on a disorderly conduct Bash charge. Bash your teeth in against uh, the uh, side of the car while yeah, they're pushing you in. Beat me up, break my camera, or just confiscate my camera and pretend like I never had it. Hey, we got ourselves a new DV cam. Congratulations. I mean, there are so many, so many stories. We talked about the DEA earlier this week confiscating $24,000 from a truck driver, his life's savings, on the allegation that he got it from a drug deal. I mean, they had no proof. They can just take your money. If you get pulled over and you've got cash, the cops will just take your money. It, and, it, it certainly happens. And you should feel good that they don't take your car while they're at it because they could do that, too, if they wanted to. And all they have to do is accuse you of things. They don't have to actually prove Right, the anything. forfeiture laws are not based on convictions. They're based on ac- um, accusations, and we, that is wrong. We can go story after story after story right. of and, how and the people, police state is on the rise. And, you know, people will call in and say, oh, you guys hate the police. I don't hate the police. Look, all I want them to do is act right and act constitutionally. What I hate is a police officer that, uh, you know, enforces laws that are unconstitutional. Right. If that means you should, you have to quit your job. Well, you know, I uh, it's tough. I, I know it's tough. I get it. You, you know, be, people want to be police officers. They want to help people. I understand why people get into the business of being a police officer. But you're not helping people by putting them in jail cells for smoking joints or drinking underage or whatever else it is that people get arrested for these innocuous consensual crimes, prostitution, gambling. I mean, can you believe that in the so-called land of the free, we have police running stings on people that are playing Texas Hold'em with their friends? That we have SWAT teams raiding the offices of ophthalmologists who are running office pools because it's illicit gambling? And then shooting the owner of the, uh, accidentally the shooting the owner of the business. Some Can you believe this? disgusting SWAT member with an MP5 in his hand, standing there with a mask over his face, shoots an ophthalmologist in the back of the head while he's um, in America, in Virginia, and then, while, he's, while he's handcuffed behind his back. Does that sound like America? And then the rest of the cops run cover for him. So it's not like these are bad cops being strung up by the departments and the p- departments are backing away saying, we don't want anything to do with this guy. Right. No, Every no. single time a rogue, co- you know, a rogue cop does something like this, the departments back him up. 
Yep. They cover it up. They back him up. They say, oh, he was operating by the book. This is by procedure. No problem. Oh, it doesn't matter if he smashed your son's head in. Uh, it's okay. Sorry if your dog's dead, too. Yep. Oh, yeah, they love shooting dogs. We didn't even talk. I mean, there's so much we can talk about. There was it a noise, a news uh, story a couple of weeks ago. They shot a cat. More on the way. Why would you shoot a cat? More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, and this is the live Saturday edition of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now. Uh, By the way, your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. And does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Uh, as we continue with your phone calls, let's talk to... And by the way, if we don't get to this 911 email that we've been selling all night long, we've just been having too many calls, you know, it's... It is Free Talk Live. Um, So hold that, Mark. If we don't get to it, hold it for Monday night. Because we will be doing a live Labor Day edition of the show. You tell me how many other radio talk show hosts are going to be in their studios providing you with live content on Labor Day. Right. If if a radio station near you isn't carrying Free Talk Live, you can go to freetalklive.com. You can listen to the live stream from 7p to 10p Eastern Time. Or grab the podcast later on. The podcast will likely be up by 11 or 11.30 or 12. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, put that on hold. We're going to the phones. To Bob in New York. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. How you guys doing? Great. Hey. What's on your mind, Bob? Uh, just um, I've been watching a lot of news lately, and, and I've been hearing a lot of these weird stories about uh, uh, situations like uh, there was one kid in Texas. He was like, I think he was 16 years old, and uh, he had a certain thing uh, done to him by a. I'm trying to be clean for the radio. Um, sure. Um, had a certain thing done to him by a member of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he got a he he received oral satisfaction from a mem- member of the opposite sex. Is that what you're saying? Thank you. Yes. Okay. And um, he ended up getting arrested because he was 16, she was 15. It was videotaped and put online. And he yeah, got arrested. I've, I've heard about this story, right? Yeah. Wait, no. There was a story from Georgia. You you said yeah, this yeah. is in Texas. Yeah, he did say Texas. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Georgia. It's Georgia. Yeah. Yes. But, yes. We've talked about that story, and it's outrageous. How do you feel? Well, I I I. I I think it's stupid because the whole statutory rape law, I think, is just it's just a redundant law. Because if you think about it, it's just put there for like obviously if if it, if somebody has sex with like a five year old person, you know, that's rape. It's not absolutely it, yeah, it's sexual rape. It's rape. It's just redundancy, and it's in that law hurts more people than it than it it helps. Yeah, you know, absolutely it, it, true. It, it, you know, there was a case in Utah. I think it was where a thirteen and um, a, a, a thirteen-year-old girl and a twelve-year-old boy had sex. They charged them both with uh, statutory rape. Can you believe that? Right, they were both victims and per- uh, perpetrators at the same time. Crazy. Uh, it's it is insane. And in fact, if somebody is indeed molesting a five-year-old, there are other crimes that that person will be charged with besides just statutory rape. Uh, there are yeah. other crimes on the book that will cover that. Not Ninety plus percent of the people that are charged with statutory rape are, you know, the eighteen-year-old guy having sex with his sixteen-year-old girlfriend or something similar to that. A twenty-one-year-old having sex with a seventeen-year-old, that sort of thing, and. And uh, the idea that people's lives need to be ruined over this is out. 
outrageous because that's what's happening. Their lives are being ruined. They're being branded as sex offenders. They have to register with the government everywhere they go, and they're being lumped in with child molesters. It, the, the, the government treats them exactly the same as a child molester, and I'm sorry, 17, 16, 15-year-old teenagers are not children. They're not children. They're teens. They're young adults, and they can make these decisions. Well, what 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 really bothers me is that is that that fifteen year old he goes to, uh, he goes to jail for that, or uh, or yeah. Well, they say like if someone who's fifteen can't make their own decisions when it comes to sex, but then if a fifteen year old kills someone, oh, they they want to just throw the book at him and mm. throw him in jail for life because he should have known better. You can't have it both ways. You can't be like, oh, he knows like he shouldn't kill someone. But then again, that someone else. It doesn't, but he's it, not old it, enough to know whether or not he can have sex. Exactly, it's right. it's, it's 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 stupid. And then, like you said before, it, it it can ruin their life. They're gonna have to go when they get out of jail. They're gonna have to go all over the neighborhood and tell everyone they're a sex offender. And and people are dumb enough to think like they they lump those people like together. So they're gonna yep. instantly think, oh, that guy he touched kids. There's been all kinds. Of, there's been violence because of these sex offenders reg- registry. There's been uh, you know all kinds of harassment due to them. And some of these people are just like you're saying. You know, was 18 having sex with a 16-year-old girl? Sure. Was 16 having sex with a 15-year-old girl? I'm sorry, that's just not a sex offender in my book. And I can tell you that I've seen, you know, I've seen some teenage girls around here in uh, where we live here in Keene, New Hampshire, and you can't tell. You can't tell how old these girls are, and so many of them have fake IDs because we have all these stupid liquor laws that prevent young people from getting access to alcohol. Of course, they're going to go and get it anyway, but a lot of them, they'll go and buy fake IDs for themselves. What are you supposed to do as a man? As a younger man who, and if, luckily this doesn't affect me because I have a girlfriend and I'm very satisfied with that, but there are a lot of guys out there that'll go and meet a girl, maybe at a club or at a party or something like that. Are you supposed to ask her for her identification before you engage? in any sort of heavy petting? Um, and if so, are you supposed to you know, take a class on how to identify a fake ID versus a real ID? I mean, what do, what do they expect a guy to do? Maybe you should just be abstinent, huh? Maybe that's what they want. You just not have sex at all, don't touch anybody. That's just not going to happen. Right. I mean, it's just absurd. We don't need to lock our young people up for having sex. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. Bob, any final thoughts? Well, just the fact that that, that list thing, that you know, the sex offender thing, right. I, I think that's the dumbest thing ever made. It's just made because parent, parents are way oversensitive and, and they want some sort of way to track these people. But in reality, what they should do is make these make these laws as far as for touching kids and stuff, make them way more stronger than what they are. I had a friend of mine years ago, he got uh, busted with, like, some pot and stuff. Like, I, I mean, a moderate amount. Mm-hmm. More than what a, what a person should have, but yet not like Tony Montana type stuff. Okay. But... But he got, he got a, I think he got $5,000 bail, and he had to stay within the county, where that same weekend a janitor at a, at a local high school was grabbing 14-year-olds, and he got released on his, on his own personal recognizance. Crazy. Hmm. It's one, amazing. Which one's worse? It's, it's, they, they're tough on drugs, but then when someone's, doing, and when someone's touching kids, they, 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 they wonder why they 
do it again because they, right. they get out like that. Right. Bob, you thank know, you so this for is the, the call. Thing. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, yeah, having Bob. been in prison, I can tell you how some of these things go. These um, th- these prosecutors, they do not wish to actually pursue these cases. We should not allow a sex offender to be pleading out to a lesser crime. And our, um, if we're going to do this sex offender registry, it should only be people who are charged with sexual battery, the big one, rape, and people who are charged with lewd and lascivious acts on a minor, minor under 12. And those laws shouldn't apply to somebody who's, um, you know, over the age of, or excuse me, under the age of 18 or whatever. If, if it's a reasonable amount of time, for instance, when I was 16, I did have sex with a 15 year old. She was my girlfriend. I'm oh, my goodness. S- I'm sorry. Should I have gone to prison for for ten years for that? No, these you know the the fact is these prosecutors are lazy. They don't want to do the work, yeah. and they are harming the American people in the process. Sure, and most young people are pushovers. You know, they're going to take the plea bargain. Right, they're not going to stand up and fight. They're not going to fight for their freedom. And they're no gonna... sex offenders better off when they walk out of prison. I'm nope. sorry, there hasn't been any kind of um, rehabilitation. Now maybe they've done something for themselves while they've been in there. They've found Jesus, or they've uh, figured out the error of their ways, or mm. they've managed to go to some psychological counseling, although most prisons don't offer things like that. Um, you know, Maybe they've changed themselves, but they haven't gotten any real counseling in prison, I can assure you. Can we just face facts here, and that is that teenagers are horny. They're going to want to touch one another. They're going to want to uh, stick body parts with other body parts and have sex. I'm not saying um, we should con- condone it, but we shouldn't be putting anybody in prison no. for it. It's not stopping them. Uh, putting them in prison has not stopped them from drinking. It has not stopped them from doing drugs, and it's not going to stop them from having sex. But it will ruin their lives when they do get put in prison. Is that what we want for our kids? Let's talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, only moments remain, but uh, just enough time for you. What's up? Howdy, guys. Hey there. Are you both familiar with the uh, Professor Noam Chomsky? Yes. He's a socialist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also an anarchist, oddly enough. Uh, I, uh, I don't think you can don't be, think a, you can't an be a socialist and an anarchist. An anarcho-syndicalist. I can't explain it. Not in the remaining time. Anyhow. Neither can he. <laughs> okay, you cannot believe in socialism. You cannot believe in forced redistribution in of wealth. Forced redistribution of wealth. You can't believe that everybody is going to um, adhere to a system and at the same time believe in no system. But th- like, beyond uh, that, what's your point? I think it's anarchy and then you go to democracy with socialism. Anyhow, I used to have a lot of respect for the guy, uh, and, and I've had correspondence with him over the past couple of years, writing him an email. He sure he is bright. Like 15 minutes, you know, really nice guy. And uh, I really respected him until I read his position on the Second Amendment. Hmm. And I lost a lot of respect for the guy because he says, taken literally, the Second Amendment says no citizen can own a gun. Because it should only be in the hands of militia? Exactly. It doesn't say anything like that. Can I read the Second uh, Amendment to you real quick? It says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What part of the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? You know what? Militia is citizen-based. It's not government-based. I, I got my AK upstairs, and if Noam wants to come and try and take it from me, we'll see what happens. Except he won't do that. He's going to hire goons to do it. Hey, dude, we're short on time, but thank you for the call. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. What do you think would happen if old Gnome went around and tried to confiscate guns? <laughs> we'll see you Monday night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Happy Labor Day. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 